You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Happy Wednesday, Raider Nation. It is time for the Silver and Black Today Raider Nation Mailbag Show. We appreciate you guys being big back with us. And yes, we have lots of mail, lots of angst, lots of questions. Of course, everyone's still smarting from the Raiders' 24-0 loss to the Saints this past Sunday. The good news is we can start to turn the page after today and look towards Sunday's game in Jacksonville. And of course, joining me as always on the show is my co-host, Mr. Mo Moten. You can follow him on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully. We love talking with you guys. If you get too crazy, I forgot to tell you, Mo, on the post-game show, I had some a couple people in there just going nuts, including one telling me how horrible I was. And, and we like to interact. We, we don't mind disagreeing with folks, right? Because that's what some of this mailbag show is about. But if you're going to be a tool, guess what? You're just going to get banned. You mean you're not horrible? You're not a horrible, disgusting, <laughs> disgraceful person? Well, uh, my kids don't think so. My kids don't <laughs> think so. And, and yes, there, there are people who know more about stuff out there, including football. Uh, but you know what? Hey, we, we love our fans. We love the people who listen to the show. We disagree with them often, uh, but it's a genuine, good-natured back and forth. We can agree to disagree. Uh, but if you're going to be a tool, then you're gone. So that's just the way it works. But anyway... We're not here to talk about them. We're here to talk about the great questions that we get in every week for the Raider Nation mailbag. All right, Mo, let's jump right in because it's been a busy week. I know you had a busy day yesterday with the trade deadline, so let's jump in. <clears throat> Our first question comes from a repeat mailer, and that, of course, is Frank Deftari from Calabasas, California. Frank says, something about the game on Sunday seemed really fishy. Josh McDaniels has lost the team and will either get fired or or maybe have Lombardi call the offense and Josh McDaniels on a very short leash. I bet Waller and Abrams and some others uh, could be traded while well, we didn't see that happen. That's why the team through the game, uh, through the game in Washington in 2017 when Del Rio lost the game. So he's comparing 
this game with the Washington game in 2017. So let's start from what he talks about on the on the top of this question, Mo, which is he says Josh McDaniels has lost the team. You and I talked yesterday on the Tuesday show where you didn't believe that. I don't believe that either yet, but clearly whatever he's doing is not working. Right, and, I, and I, I'm not sure if, if the email is the same person who actually tweeted the same idea to me that mm-hmm. this reminded him of, or well, Sunday's game reminded him of the Washington, the game in Washington where you know some people stood for the anthem, some people didn't. Uh, and that was basically the beginning of the end of the Raiders 2017 season after making the playoffs the previous year. But I will say that I don't think Josh McDaniels has lost the team yet. Uh, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, the Raiders have been pretty much competitive in every game. I know that's not enough uh, in the win-loss column. You got to win those. But I haven't seen signs of a flat performance from beginning to end until Sunday. Mm-hmm. As bad as that performance was, it has to be. It obviously has to be better against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now I tweeted. I said. It's a sign that he's lost the team when you see multiple games consecutively like that. So if the Raiders go to Jacksonville and they get shut out again, or they put up eight points or or nine or something below 14 points, and they just look terrible on both sides of the ball, then we could start to say maybe he's lost that locker room because they're not obviously responding to his coaching style. But as bad as that game was, it is just one game. Now, I know they have disappointed all year round, and that's probably what the email is getting to. But as far as him getting fired, Josh McDaniels getting fired, I don't think Mark Davis makes that move unless it gets really, really bad. And I think Vincent Bonsignor Vincent of the Las Vegas Review-Journal tweeted that Mark Davis basically said, not firing Mark, I'm not firing Josh McDaniels right now. So I don't expect <laughs> it to happen anytime soon. Yeah. Now, if, they're, if, they, if they get to 2-10... and 10, Oh, gosh. But even then, your 12 game, what, what is it going to accomplish, right? You know, it's not going to, if you're, if you're two and 10 or, or three and nine, if you fire a guy, you're not making the playoffs, right? So you might as well stick it out unless, unless there's something so concerning happening in the locker room that you feel like you have to change. So I agree with you. I don't think there's any change, change in coach. I know, even if they didn't win another game, I don't think there's a change in coach until after the season. We, I think we both said this last week or two weeks ago that in order for Josh, in order for Mark Davis to want to fire or Dave Ziegler, in order for one of those guys to want to fire Josh McDaniels, it would have to take Josh McDaniels clearly, clearly losing the locker room on a bad season where you get three or four wins. Other than that, a, a season under 500 is not going to, it's not enough to get him fired. Right, right. Yeah. You have to have kind of open revolt in the right. locker room, which Complete doesn't happen. Mutiny. Ha- yeah, it doesn't happen a lot in the NFL, mm-hmm. very rarely, but it does occasionally, and usually see that happen really quick. Frank, thank you so much for your question. Another great one, mm-hmm. uh, and I understand the frustration with that Get one it. as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mo, uh, now we're going to go to our good friend John Davis, who we we interact with Twitter <laughs> uh, on Twitter all the time, right, um, especially during the game. Uh, it says, mm-hmm. what's up, Scott and Mo? I have a few questions. What's up with Bowers and Koontz not getting any burn? If, is there any way we switch defensive coordinators after the season? The defense is not good. Is it the players or is it the coaching? Have a nice day, John. John Davis. Thanks, John. So, Mo, I'll start with this one, too, because we talked a lot yesterday 
about Patrick Graham and the defense. Uh, we also talked about the offense as well and, and Josh McDaniels. Um, and you mentioned this one. There has to be something. Something has to happen. There has to be something done. Usually that starts with coordinators. Really what it really starts with is position coaches and then coordinators. Coordinators are a little uh, get a little more runway, if you will. And so mm-hmm. I don't think Patrick Graham is gone yet. Could he be later on in the season if things really fall off the rails? Perhaps. But overall, I don't see him gone before the end of the year either. I can actually see it happening before the end of the year if the Raiders' defense just shows absolutely no signs of improvement as you get into you know around Thanksgiving time, December. If there is no improvement there, I can actually see them making a move and promoting one of their defensive assistants for the remainder of the season, kind of like what we saw with Paul Gunther where he was fired at the end of the year. Now, I know he was there for multiple seasons before that happened, but I'm just saying in a similar way that you fire a guy at the end of the year and you promote an assistant for the interim and then you hire a new DC the following uh, offseason. So I, I can actually see it happening. Will it happen? I, I really can't tell you, but at this rate, I would say it's, you know, it's a possibility because the Raiders' defense, as we know, it's atrocious. I know we talked a lot about the offense on Tuesday, but all year, the defense has just not played a, a full, complete game. Now, they only gave up 23 to Denver, but let's be honest, Denver's offense had been struggling all year round. And I think Russell Wilson had his best game against the Raiders thus far, statistically speaking. So I can actually <laughs> see I can actually see a move being made there. Now, he asked about Kuntz and Bowers. I think both those guys showed out in the preseason, but we all know the preseason is the preseason against second and third stringers. Some of those guys won't be on the roster. But I would like to – I said this after the game. I, I you said talked that about Koontz. I would like to see more Koontz yeah. because Chandler Jones, he started to turn it up before the bye, disappeared again against the Saints, not much impact. I mean, what do you have to lose for a fraction of the price, right? Correct. And Bowers has not been active for a game, I believe. Uh, he's been on the inactive list every week. Maybe I the first week. Uh, if he's been on the field, that hasn't made an impact because no, I have he's been inactive. He's been inactive. I mean, on the inactive list, so he hasn't even been suited up to play. Uh, so I'm not sure, John, what the, the situation is there. But to Mo's point, and, and you've been consistent with this uh, since Tuesday, Mo, which is, hey, something's got to change. And I talked mm-hmm. about it last show, too, which is hey, at some point you've got to sit, guys, and let someone else have a chance. And because if you continue, if you say, hey, look, the last four weeks you've not done well, Give a guy a chance. I'm not saying that they have a lot of depth in some areas where they're having problems, but give a guy a chance. Like Bowers, Koontz especially, there's a lot of people out there that they can do. And and you got to send a message in the locker room too that, look, your effort in practice in the game is not adequate enough. And it does not mean you're going to play. Nothing is guaranteed in the NFL and so if you're not going to play up to the standards, then we're just going to we're just going to get somebody else to come in and do it. And you never know. Mo, there's been so many examples in the history of the NFL where a guy gets a chance because of that and takes an incredible opportunity and you end up finding somebody who can step in and play. Absolutely. Bowers has actually played 11 snaps this season between weeks two and three. Not much of an impact. Again, didn't see him on the field. So, I mean, that tells you a lot. But, I mean, look what happened with Jonathan Hankins. They made him inactive against the Chiefs. He didn't play a lot of snaps against the Texans. They decided to deal him because they can get something for him. And and you saw, as I said, Neil Farrell Jr. got a lot of snaps against the Saints. He did. He did. Uh, so, I, I'm not, I don't see them doing anything with Chandler Jones necessarily because of how much they paid him. 
but it wouldn't hurt to get Koontz on the field for 30% of the snaps or just in pass rushing situations because he's shown some outside and potential when he does, when he has gotten a chance to take the field. Yeah, and it worries me on the defensive back side of things. So you go to the back end, and I just don't see anybody else there um, that they can utilize. Uh, they're just so thin at defensive back. To me, there's no other answers there. Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, I believe Gidry was signed off of um, signed off of somebody else's practice squad. He's on another roster right now. So, <laughs> like you said, they don't even have depth there. They have to play Rocky Sin, Anthony Averett, and uh, our guy Meek Robertson because they have no other options with Nate Hobbs on IR right now, recovering from broken bones in his hand. So they, they're not only are is the secondary underperforming, but they're thin, and that's a bad combination. It's a really bad combination. What's not a bad combination <laughs> is Mo and I. Yes, we're going to come back. We're going we're gonna to take a break. Uh, we don't have to be benched. We, we are performing every week. Yes, some shows are better than others, but we always put it out there for you. And thank you guys for your support. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you don't already do it. If you're watching us on YouTube, the live chat is always active. We appreciate you guys in there as well as subscribing and hitting the notifications button there too. When we come back, we'll get to questions, including some about Josh McDaniels. Imagine that. Uh, and we'll take more of your questions as we round out this show. You're with Mo and Scott here on Silver and Black today, the Wednesday Raider Nation mailbag edition. Don't go anywhere. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, Silver and Black. Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe. If you don't already do so, hit on the auto download. So every time we have a new show, you are ready to go and ready to listen to talk about your two and five Las Vegas Raiders. (laughs) But as Murph said on Sunday, Mo, Raider Nation never loses its passion. The team could be 15 and 0 or 0 and 15. They'll be happier with the the former, but even with the latter, they bring it every week. And I will say that even when things are bad, Raider Nation never gives up, and they're always willing to talk about their team. Not only that, but they always think they're going to win the next game. And that's, <laughs> that's right. That's the, that's the positive, even though you do see some people on Twitter saying, all right, I'm done. After this loss, this yes. ball loss, this embarrassment, I'm done. But you know what? Next Sunday, next Monday, next Thursday, whenever the game is, <laughs> they're back watching. So they do. Absolutely. Uh, all right. This is our first mailbag show of November here on the second of the month. Uh, but let's check out the next question, which comes from David Loucher in Las Vegas. David uh, is a new listener. He says, is it me? Or does Josh McDaniels talk a lot about urgency, but you never get the sense from how he acts that there is any 
God, where have I heard that before? Uh, it's very off-putting to see our head coach seemingly not bothered by how badly he and his team played. Am I just being an emotional fan or does it bother you guys? And again, that's David Loucher from Las Vegas. I'm going to let you start with this one, Mo, because you started off yesterday's show with this point. David, you are preaching to the choir. <laughs> I, I, I cannot tell you how loud I yelled when I read Josh McDaniel's quote about, you know, teams lose games all the time. And I understand that his message publicly may not be the same as his message privately to his team. But to me, the private messages aren't working. So maybe it's time to send a public message, like put guys on notice again, not by name. You don't have to call names out there. Chandler Jones, but you can always (laughs) just send a general message. Like, look, this is unacceptable. This won't be tolerated. Because can you imagine Josh McDaniels walking into the late Al Davis's office and Al Davis basically says, you know, what's what's going on out there? 24-0, you don't put up any points. You're an offensive genius. You're a coordinator all this time. What's going on? Why no points? Why 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 can't you cross the 50-yard line with Derek Carr and Devontae Adams and Mac Hollins and Foster Moreau and Josh Jacobs on the field? Well, Al, you know, well, Mr. Davis, teams lose games every Sunday. <laughs> can you imagine what Al Davis's response would be? Josh McDaniels would have been fired on the spot. Not saying that that's the best decision to make, but when you send a message like that, it just it just reeks of there's no urgency here. And and Brian, I believe it was Brian's email name, um, said David. it perfectly. David. Yeah. It just it just feels like there's no sense of we you know I'm I'm sure the players feel this. We got to win the next game because we are two and five or we are two and four. But when you hear Josh McDaniels speak, and I know it's for the media, it just seems like, eh, oh, well, well, we'll get him next time, guys. We tried hard. We'll get him next time. That's not going to work with some guys. Some guys right. need a kick in the butt. You see this on jobs. I know it's a different type of job atmosphere, and mm-hmm. athletes are different than the blue-collar worker. But in general, speaking to people, how to motivate people, some people need a swift kick in the rear end. It's, that's just how it is. And I don't care if you're a millionaire or you're making – eight bucks an hour people need motivation they do and and mo i'll say this too i think that you look at that situation you talked about it on yesterday's show the point you just made which is it doesn't matter how long you've been a player or how good you are i don't care if you're Devonte adams or you're dj turner you still need someone you need a coach we all need we all have mentors and coaches in everything right. we do and that's important and to me, and again, David, it was a great question. To me, that lack of emotional, um, I think, fire that I see, we heard Murph talk about it when he was at the game in Tennessee, and he said he he was reminded exactly of that game where they lost to the Titans on the road, that what he saw watching on television and what he heard, huge contingent of Raider Nation was in New Orleans, right? They heard the same thing. Looking on the sidelines, guys are just moping around, not really having any sense of urgency, no fire in them. And I didn't see any player, sans Mac Holland, so I think just is like the Energizer Bunny, and he just is going, 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 to have any passion whatsoever for the game. uh, And and that becomes a problem. And I think to, to his point, that has to be driven through the coach and the staff that this is how you will act. This is what we expect. And if we don't see it from you, then we'll get somebody else who can. 
trust me, guys like David and I wouldn't be pointing out what Josh McDaniel says at these pressers if the Raiders had actually shown some fire against the Saints in the other games where they started slow or they lose these big leads. To me, when, when you see a football team that can't hold on to a 17-point lead on multiple occasions or start slow in, 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 in the other games that they don't leave, then you're questioning preparation and urgency. I think yes. those are fair concerns and questions right now. They they absolutely are right. David, thank you for your question. That's a good one. That Very to good me, question. That to mm -hmm. me is a T-shirt contender right there already, so I'm writing it down because sometimes I forget. Age, <laughs> age, age, age. All right. Next, we're going to go out to uh, right up the road for me, Alliance, Ohio. This is Ron, the moderator. If you've ever seen him, he's on our YouTube channel a lot. He's also, I believe, uh, cont uh, contributes over a lot on uh, Murph's Raiders Fan Radio. He says, hey, Ron, Ron uh, says, excuse me. Hey, guys, Ron, the moderator here. I'm sure he's extra mad right now. Uh, my question is, <laughs> can Josh McDaniels design an offense so complex even he can't execute it? I can't wrap my head around and quote offensive genius that consistently runs cute plays in situations that don't require them or offensive play calling that smacks of desperation. Renfro has disappeared this season during camp. He mentioned McDaniels requiring him to run precise routes and not ad lib as much. If you recall, Renfro really started producing when John Gruden allowed him to ad lib and just get to a spot. Keep up the good work guys. That's Ron up in Alliance, Ohio. So Mo, let's start with the first part of that. Is Josh McDaniels, I've heard this one too before on the show, I believe. Is he mm -hmm. too smart for his own good? Is he outsmarting himself? Scott, I remember during the game, the first trick play that happened, you texted me. <laughs> and I basically I knew I knew what was going on. Josh, I was like, oh, Josh McDaniels went to the trick bag too early. <laughs> and sure enough, I went on Twitter and people were complaining about it. And I think the moderator has a good point here. When you see a trick play very early in the game, you think, is that was that part of the game plan? Or are we already, not we, but are, is Josh McDaniels already desperate that he has to go that deep into the playbook for that type of play when you can just make things simple to move the ball? So I think that's a great point. Now, to, to his other uh, inquiry about can he have a playbook that's so complex that even he can't execute, we've talked about this, that Josh McDaniels notoriously has a complex playbook. But what I will also to say is that Mac Jones seemed to execute it pretty well last year. <laughs> I know he had a better offensive line, but he had, he had lesser weapons than Derek Carr. He didn't have it all either. And I just don't get how, how the Patriots offense ran relatively smooth with a rookie quarterback. And then you take it to a nine-year quarterback and a top wide receiver in the league and a good supporting cast. And it, and it doesn't look nearly the same. So I, that's a question for the guys mm. in the locker room to answer, but it's a it's a good point to bring up. But shout out to the matter for for the research with Hunter Renfro saying about you know he, he added yeah. less kind of being structured. That's a great point to bring up right there. It is, and I wanted to uh, dive a little deeper on that, uh, Mo, because you know sometimes you you get into a place and yes, you have a new system, but when you have a player who has a certain ability, and that's his best ability. So with, with Hunter mm -hmm. Renfro, and, and Ron hit on this, which is 
Hunter Renfro kind of ad libs in that and, and in that slot position, he can do that, right? Because his routes and what he's doing um, allows him to do that, especially what they've been able to do with him and, and how he succeeded. And so a coach comes in, okay, you got to learn the new system. But is this a case again of McDaniels being too smart for his own good? Hey, I need to change how you play to fit my system versus, you know what? I'm going to fit in how you play best into my system. We talk about this a lot, right? When you have good quality players, you fit the system around their strengths. Yes, you exactly. Have to, with, with certain players, you have to let them be themselves because at that point, not be themselves, but play to their strengths because that's when you're going to get the best out of them. When you try to fit them into the system and you're too stringent, then you have problems and they have problems picking up the system. You're not going to get the most out of that player. So maybe that's some. Maybe that's a sticking point with Hunter Renfro. He's not able to freely play up to his strengths, and that's why you're seeing a slow start from him and Josh McDaniels' system. Again, our listeners always amaze me. Uh, great, yep. great question, yep. Ron. Great point. Uh, and he is great research. also a T-shirt uh, a finalist because that was a great one and great research yep. and the point about Renfro dead on as well. All right, we are up against our second break. When we come back, we're going to get to the rest of your questions. Uh, we're going to get Mo to settle down a little bit because he's a little overexcited over there. Trade deadline. You know, he's he's coming down off the trade deadline high, so we got we got to make sure he's okay. But no, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll get to the rest of your questions. It is the Wednesday Raider Nation Mailbag Edition here on Silver and Black today in Odyssey Original Podcast. Raider Nation, don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Welcome back, Silver and Black today in Odyssey Original Podcast, hosted by Mister Mo Moten. He is the national. NFL writer at Bleacher Report, also the Raiders columnist up at sportsnot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. That's Mo Moten. You can follow me on Twitter as well at LV Gully. We appreciate you guys being with us. And as always, we appreciate your subscriptions. Whether you're listening to us on audio, you can get us anywhere you get podcasts. Or if you're watching us on the YouTube channel, thank you. It's good to see you. wink a dink And uh, make sure you hit subscription and the notifications bell so you know when we have a new video. We are going through our great questions from our listeners and viewers, and we want to jump back into that one right now. Okay, here we go, Mo. This is from Reggie Williams in Sacramento, California. Reggie says, I know Scott and Murph talked about it on the postgame show, but I had never thought about it much. But I think at the end of this year, both Derek Carr and the Raiders deserve a fresh start. I'm a car fan and love what the guy does overall, but it's clear the years of dysfunction have set in. My question is this. If the Raiders finish in the bottom 10, most of the really good rookie quarterbacks will be gone. What uh, what does a post-Derek Carr Raiders era look like for this team? Again, that's from Reggie Williams in Sacramento. So let's start with the top of that question, Mo, which is um, – Reggie's saying that a fresh start might be both good for both team or both sides of this situation, Derek Carr and the Raiders. We talked about that on yesterday's show. Uh, kind of re-emphasize what you, the point you made about when that decision would come, what would have to happen for that to go down. So basically, if the Raiders, as he suggested, finish in the you know top, if they get a top ten draft pick, automatically you're thinking okay, what quarterbacks will be available come draft time? That's just a natural thought process with any regime when you have a top 10 draft pick because we all know quarterbacks can change your football team dramatically for better or worse. 
So yes, if they finish, you know, and they have a top 10 pick, that's going to be on the table. Who's going to be our next quarterback? Is it Derek Carr? Or can we move on to a younger signal caller who has more upside? Now to his point also, and I brought this up on the last show, that if you're pick number eight, nine, 10, you're probably going to miss out on the top two quarterbacks in the draft. So you have to decide, is that third quarterback who's available worth moving up for in a draft or drafting if he's going to be available at eight, nine, or 10? I believe Hooker out of Tennessee could be the third quarterback on draft boards. Now, he's a Heisman he's a Heisman candidate right now, playing well for Tennessee. Tennessee, one of the best teams in the country right now. So I wouldn't poo-poo the third best quarterback in this draft class if, all, if the top three guys come out, including Hooker. So with that said, Fans aren't going to want to hear this. If it's not a top <laughs> draft prospect, I would start to think about Mac Jones. Let's say the Patriots want to transition to Bailey Zappi full-time. Mac Jones is not necessarily the guy long-term. He played well in the Josh McDaniels last year. I could see the Raiders inquiring about that if they want to move on from Derek Carr and they, they want a bridge quarterback instead of drafting one. The other one is Jared Goff. And that's another mm. one fans are not going to like because let's say the Detroit Lions do have the number one overall pick and they get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. The Lions will probably move on from Jared Goff, who isn't a top-tier quarterback, but he's serviceable, right? And I, I agree with fans, and I would say he's not better than Derek, than Derek Carr. Jared right. Goff is not a better quarterback than Derek Carr. But if you're trying to make the point that the Raiders and Derek Carr need to go their separate ways after all of this time and nothing happens – then your next best option right now is probably Jared Goff, who, by the way, got the Rams to a Super Bowl. I'm just saying. He's played yeah. in the Super Bowl. He has he has playoff wins on his resume. He does. Uh, I thought you were going to say Joe Flacco, but uh, that didn't happen, so we're good oh, there. Oh, no. no. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the key. I mean, I think you, 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 have, some, you have some more – to, you have to watch things unfold a little more before this happens. I know some fans yeah. are done with their car. They want to see him move on. I'm We're not at there the, yet. I, no, and I'm, but I'm at the inflection point where I'm starting to think that that might be best, but I'm not quite, I'm not hundred percent there, right? I'm not going to sit on here and say they should, uh, but I'm starting to think that that might be the end uh, of the line for them. If this year goes like it is up and down and they just don't ever break out or put something together. Now, they put a little run together, even though they don't make the playoffs. I think that could change. It depends on what Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels are going to look at. Plus, they have a lot to do on this team. They have a lot to do on defense. We talked about it. A lot to do on offense, on the offensive line. Darren Waller is a huge question mark. We're not even talking to him or ta about him on the show today, but that's a huge question mark. If he remains to be inconsistent, then that could be a decision that haunts this team for a long, long time. So they have bigger issues, I think, right now to deal with. So we'll see how that all go down. But um, we certainly appreciate your question. Reggie Sacramento, we appreciate you uh, repping the capital of California. And we will move on to our next question. All right. Um, Mo and Scott, I have always been a half-glass-full gal when it comes to my Raiders. I live and die for Sundays during football season. I recently turned 40 and never have seen the Raiders be consistently good. That, that hits hard. <laughs> that, that hits hard. Uh, I'm a Padre fan, so I know. Um, I'll never give up on them, but I'm starting to think Mark Davis could never turn this thing around. When do we start talking about him and his impact on why this team can't get to where it needs to be? Appreciate you both. That's Lena in Whittier, 
California. Lena, thank you for representing the ladies and for a great, great question. We brought mm -hmm. up Mark Davis on yesterday's show uh, and, and asking, you know, what part of this does he own? I mean, he hired these guys. I still think Dave Ziegler is a smart guy and will be fine. Josh McDaniels will wait and see on that one. But I think fans now, especially like Lena, who've not seen a lot of winning in their life as a fan of the Raiders, are really getting to the point now where they're starting to think, well, geez, you know, Mark Davis, yeah, he got us to Vegas. He got us the new stadium. They're making more money. The value went up. But it's all the same result. Um, it's kind of it's it's crazy to scream about an owner in some ways, Mo, because they own the team. They, they're not beholden to what fans think unless you start a revolt and big money suite holders and season ticket holders completely vanish and go away like they did in Oakland with the A's and the baseball side. Uh, but I just don't see it changing. This is the family business. Um, but what about Lena's question? What, what do fans need to expect out of the owner, if anything? First of all, I, I completely, I can't say completely empathize with her because now I'm on the, I'm on the professional side. I'm a writer, but I yeah. totally understand what she's going through. Cause I'm full disclosure. I'm 36 years old. And the last time the Raiders played in the playoff game, I was 17 years old in the 11th grade. <laughs> so I totally, I, I totally get it. That's the last time they you know, actually won some playoff games. And of course they, they've gone to the playoffs, but haven't won anything in, in recent years. But to her question about Mark Davis, I, I think it starts with him because he's the guy that does the hiring. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was part of why Del Rio basically had to announce his own firing and John Gruden came in. Now, John Gruden incrementally improved the team where they were headed in the right direction. But of course, he had the email scandal, so he had to step down. But the team had been backsliding before he stepped down. If you remember, they had lost two games. And then Rich Passaccia came in and kind of turned it around, and the players responded well to him. But the Raiders decided to hire Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler and give Rich Passaccia and Mike Mayock the boot. So I think it starts with Mark Davis because he's the one making the, the big-picture hires. Yep. And so far, his big-picture hires haven't delivered when they've had the when they've had the job to to make the big decisions because mm -hmm. when you look at it look at the way the roster is constructed now this goes to kind of like Dave Ziegler his this is his job right and we talked about this offline the Raiders roster isn't soundly built and by what I mean by that is we always talk about building a roster inside out winning in the trenches that means having a strong offensive line that means having a strong defensive line building inside out right but they have strong. They have a strong pass catching group. They added Rocky Sin, who's a cornerback, to the secondary, who's been inconsistent. But what did they do for the interior of the defensive line? What did they do for the offensive line? Not much of anything. They spent money in other places. Now yep. you you would think that Chandler Jones would be good, but he's an older player. Yep. We had higher hopes for him. But as far as I'm concerned, Mark Davis has hired guys who haven't built strong rosters. So it starts with him. Has he has to be a better decision maker for the guys that he's putting in place to make the important decisions. And so far, if you're grading Mark Davis as an owner, as far as the product on the field, not what he's done as far as getting the team to Vegas and all, and all the other stuff, but as far as the product on the field, Mark Davis has failed this football team. You, ha you have to look at it that way. There's the poll quote. <laughs> Mark yeah, Davis has failed. And, and he so here's the thing though. And, and I completely agree with you. And, and I understand Lena's frustration too when you have bad ownership. I've, I've been the fan of teams with bad ownership 
um, in San Diego, of course. Uh, and and so so I know it. And, and remember, as a child, I was a Clippers fan. Trust me, you want to know some pain. It's 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 a lot of pain. Um, so I'm a Knicks so, fan. So yeah, so you know all about it. So you you look at that and you say, okay, you know he he owns it. There's no question. Now I will say this, and not necessarily an excuse, but a a plea for patience. And that is, I believe that Dave Ziegler is the best personnel guy, best GM. He's a young guy, unproven, yes. But I think he is the best guy he's hired in a long time. I know Reggie McKenzie came in, did great stuff to get the salary cap in line. They had a lot of issues that Al Davis created, and they kind of fixed that over with some of the issues of the previous regime there too. But I do believe Dave Ziegler uh, is finally a guy that Mark Davis hired that came through a system where he learned, and it was a very, very good hire. Okay, now the coach is a separate issue. We can talk about that differently. But I think to your point, Mo, about constructing rosters, you have to give the guy time to build his rosters. And I'm going to use maybe, maybe it's an apples and oranges, but maybe not. And that is a college coach. A college coach comes in. Maybe a college coach comes in and inherits a team that went to a bowl game. Uh, and he brings in, changes the system, uh, you might see a step back because they're not his players. He did not recruit those players to play in his system. They don't have the personal relationship. And I think in this case, the same can be said for a pro team, Mo, which is you have a roster that had some good spots and some really bad spots. It was without depth because of three bad draft classes. I mean, let's not forget that. That is huge. That plays huge in what's happening with this team right now. And so so I think you have to give Dave Ziegler the time. So I'm not here to make excuses for Mark Davis because he's made plenty of bad decisions for this franchise. And, and this one may end up being bad, too, from a coaching perspective. But on the GM side of things, I think you have to wait it out and see what happens. We'll see what this next draft. We'll see what they do with free agents and how they try to build this roster. Here's my worry with Dave Ziegler. Um, no question, I think he's very good with trades and maneuvering. Mm -hmm. I like that part about so far of what I've seen. I like that part of what he's done so far. What I do worry about with him is, is the way he spends money. Mm -hmm. And I pointed this out. If you remember on an earlier show this past offseason, I pointed out he spent a lot of money with the Patriots when they gave him free reign. Last year with the Patriots, it wasn't Bill Belichick making all the moves. It was Dave Ziegler. He spent a lot of money on, on players. And people were like, why are the Patriots splurging? And I went to dig into this, and I was like, yeah, this is different than what they usually do. And I read that Dave Ziggler was the guy making those moves. They spent a lot of money on John o. Smith and Hunter Henry and a bunch of guys. Some of them worked out. Some of them didn't. And as we saw this offseason with extending guys, Carr, Crosby, Waller, you know, uh, getting Devontae Adams and extending him, there was talk about maybe Denzel Perriman was going to get an extension. He's not afraid to spend money. The problem is you want him to spend it efficiently. So I just want to put that out there. Mark this show down. And the first the first mill back in November, I said this. You you might have issues with where Dave Ziegler spends his money because he, he can have a tendency to overspend. But back to Mark Davis and Lena's original question. You're right, Scott. Give him some time because he's got to work through what the previous regime has already set for him. But what I will say is that what Mark Davis has shown is that he doesn't make he doesn't always make the best football decisions. Business-wise, you know, thumbs up. But as far as football decisions, he may want to lean on guys in his ear who know more about the game than he does. 
Yeah, and we know Marcel Reese is a close advisor to him, uh, although Marcel Reese does not have a lot of experience either, uh, but he seems to be well-liked and seems to be there representing him a lot. So we'll see how that goes. I know a lot of fans love Marcel Reese and uh, his, yeah. his presence in the building, but that doesn't always get the job done, so we'll have to do a wait and see on that one. Lena in Whittier, California, thank you so much for your email. All right, Mo, lightning round time. Okay, so we've been talking a lot about quarterbacks, possible quarterbacks. You've mentioned if the Raiders move on from Derek Carr that Jared Goff might be a viable option, at least as a bridge quarterback. Uh, we'll see how that all goes down. But here's my lightning round question for you. Three quarterbacks in the NFL. Tell me out of all of these three quarterbacks, who is a starter in the NFL and who's won a playoff game eight years from now? You ready? Mac Jones. You mentioned him earlier. Trevor Lawrence. Justin Herbert. Who will win a playoff game? Who will have won at least one playoff game within eight years? Oh, that's that's Justin Herbert. Now, I know so. really quick. I want I want to say really quick. I know the narrative about him being overrated is out there because you know he's the Chargers are, are a mediocre football team. But I think part of that is, and I think Evan Grote brought this up privately that he's without his pro, All Pro left tackle. Uh, he hasn't had both his wide receivers on the field for multiple games. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams have been hurt. Uh, so I'm not making excuses for Justin Herbert because we don't make the excuses for Derek Carr either. But he also and he also has a defensive minded head coach. Uh, Joe Lombardi was kind of an average offensive coordinator. I, I think as a pure talent, where, where he is right now, the Chargers are going to be mediocre because of what he has around him. But I mm -hmm. think he's good enough to overcome a lot of that, which is what my gripe is with Derek Carr sometime. And I said this privately to you, and I'm going to say this on the show. When the Raiders ship is sinking, a lot of times Derek Carr is not good enough to bring you out of it early in games. He'll get you the, the, the comeback wins and the fourth quarter comebacks. But in games like what we saw against the Saints on Sunday, when things aren't going right, he's not gonna he's not good enough to bring you out of that. And I think Justin Herbert is good enough to survive some disaster. He may not win as much as a lot of people think he should win with his talent, but I think within eight years, he's easily the guy that's gonna win a playoff game simply because the Chargers have a better roster than the Patriots and the Jacksonville Jaguars right now, hands down. But I do think Trevor Lawrence has a chance because I think he has the better head coach and Doug Peterson, who, by the way, won a Super Bowl with the Eagles. But I think as far as what we're looking at right now, Justin Herbert's the guy that's going to win at least one playoff game in eight years. And and you just kind of answered my second lightning round question around these three quarterbacks. We know Justin Herbert will be a starter, you know, sans some injury or something, oh, or yeah. some rapid decline in skill, mm -hmm. which is unlikely. But Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones, are those guys still starters three years from now, both of them? You said Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence definitely. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence definitely is. I think him, he and Doug Peterson will eventually work out. The Jaguars record isn't good right now. Of course, they'll play the Raiders, which I think is going to be a pretty close game. Let me just tell you that right now. Mm -hmm. But he'll be a starter because he's going to have a longer leash, being that he was a former number one overall pick in the draft not too long ago. So no way he's going to get benched anytime soon. Well, Mac Jones, we've already saw the Patriots swap him out for Bailey Zappi. Now, Bailey Zappi didn't take advantage of the opportunity, but you can already see that there's there could be a bit of a quarterback controversy if Mac Jones struggles. Because I, I know they the Patriots beat the Jets in Week Eight, 
but they didn't look all that impressive. Mac Jones still made mistakes in that game. Let me tell you, he he by far isn't running away with that job. So I can see Mac Jones losing his starting position in the near future. And because of his association with Josh McDaniels, you've mentioned Mac Jones' possible landing spot could be Vegas if something changes with Derek Carr. Um, mm-hmm. How would Raider fans, what would they, how should they feel about that? Is Mac Jones a guy you think can that develop into a quarterback that would be better than Derek Carr after nine years? Like it's, it's a potential thing. I understand you see it sometimes and then sometimes it's not there, but, but you cover the entire league, Mo. Um, what do you see with him that gives you, or makes you excited? And what do you see with him that gives you pause? I will say this. I don't think Mac Jones ceiling is higher than what Derek Carr is today. So I would, if I'm, if I'm a fan, I wouldn't be excited about swapping out Derek Carr for Mac Jones. What what was the knock on Mac Jones when he came out of his draft class? He's not very athletic, Mm -hmm. though. I do see him use his legs a lot. I will say that this year he he's been moving around the pocket. He's been running for first downs, but to me, his ceiling isn't very high. And if you're going to, if you're going to move on from Derek Carr, and get a bridge quarterback, you kind of want an equivalent. I think Mac Jones is just a close equivalent. And not to say Jared, Jared Goff is, is great, but Mac Jones just doesn't do it for me. As I said, <laughs> he almost lost his job to a, a rookie fourth-round pick this year. So it's it's just it's, it wouldn't be an exciting transition from Carr to Mac Jones. If, if Mac Jones is the option B, I, I would actually stick with Derek Carr. Yeah. And and I agree with your assessment in this lightning round. I mean, Justin Herbert right now, he got off to such a quick start. I get it. I think Trevor Lawrence has the potential to be better than Herbert long, long term, just because of his natural ability and the fact that he was put into such a terrible situation and he's just now working out. I think Peterson will be great for him as a mentor, as a coach. Uh, especially with the offense that he's running there. It's just going to take a little bit of time for them. And then I agree on Mac Jones. Mac Jones will be a good backup, I think, the rest of his career, a guy who can give you a couple of good starts here and there. Um, but other than that, I don't see him uh, as, a, as a long-term viable option anywhere, actually. So there you go. Um, all right, well, there's our lightning round, and that concludes our mailbag show. So, Mo, we have to pick. It's going to be hard today to yeah. pick a winner for this T-shirt. Uh, we have David's question uh, around Josh McDaniel and urgency and not seeing that. So going back to your passion point from yesterday's show, we also have Reggie talking about the um, uh, the quarterback situation. We have Lena with the, uh, the situation we we're talking about with Mark Davis, the owner. So we got some good questions. And then, of course, we have uh, Ron, the moderator, uh, around, and he had – the thing about Hunter Renfro, he had this, the question about the offensive genius maybe outsmarting himself on that one. I'm going to give Ron the moderator my vote. Oh, man. I, I was thinking it, it's close between Ron, Lena, and David, but mm-hmm. I, I have to agree with you. Ron's research, yeah. the Hunter Renfro quote was great, and it's something that I'm going to look into that I didn't actually I, I didn't hear. So the fact yeah. that he brought up something that – Think come across my desk, <laughs> perked my ears up. So he, he definitely earned that. He he definitely earned that T-shirt. Absolutely. So Ron, I will shoot you back out a note and get your address. Congratulations on getting your silver and black today T-shirt. Well, Mo, we will be back tomorrow. We're going to talk about uh, the Raiders, uh, any roster moves or decisions we've heard between now and then. 
as we record this show for early Wednesday, uh, we'll uh, we'll get back with everybody that, and then we'll go through a little bit. As you said, this Jaguars game on the road, the Raiders staying on the East Coast to adapt to the East Coast time zone might help them a little bit. But there's lots of issues here, and the Jaguars actually present some interesting matchups for them, especially offensively, that we'll have to take a look at against that Raiders defense, which continues to struggle. So we will be back at it tomorrow, my man. Jaguars have lost five in a row, but let me tell you, watching their games with the way Travis Etienne is playing right now, I believe he ran for 156 against the Denver Broncos. Do not, I repeat, do not underestimate and write off the Jacksonville Jaguars, especially with the way the Raiders played in New Orleans. Right, and I don't think this Raiders team, where it's at, how it performed last week, could write off anybody, including mm-hmm. facing the University of Tennessee. I mean, really, you <laughs> seriously, you, you've got to look at this game and work hard, and you got to prepare. They have to prepare, and they have to come wanting to win. Uh, and we just didn't see that in New Orleans, so we'll see how it all ends up. But, my friend, I appreciate you as always, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Of course, going to get some sleep after this trade deadline, which is <laughs> crazy for me (laughs) yes we we need to get you some sleep all right there you go uh as always you guys thank you so much for listening to the show or watching the show if you're watching us on youtube be sure help us out make sure you subscribe to the show put on the auto download that significantly helps us that means your show is downloaded every time we put out a new one and that helps us a lot so thank you so much if you're watching us on youtube thank you for the chat it's always lively we always have a great time mixing it up with everybody in there so thank you for that and uh, hit the subscription and then the notifications bell so you don't miss another video for mo moton i am scott Branson. this has been silver and black today the mailbag edition for wednesday an odyssey original podcast have a great night everybody and we will talk to you on thursday